Oh yeah, it's a brand new day here on Three Things with JR. Welcome back. This is episode number 60. That seems like a milestone, although 60 doesn't seem like quite a round enough number to celebrate it, so we're just going to move on. I do have a special guest on the show this week. His name is Garrett Hall. Most of my regular listeners will have no idea who that is, and that's kind of the point. Uh, I was looking through Facebook, figuring out who can I call, who can I call. I tried a couple people. They didn't answer. I tried this guy. He didn't answer either. And then he did, and then it sounded like he was driving, and he hung right up and didn't say anything. And then he texted me and says, hey, I'm walking my dog. I'll call you back in 15 minutes. I said, okay, and he did. He had no idea that I was going to put him on my show. Uh, but, yeah, that's what happened. Uh, I, I He called me back, and I sprung it on him, and he was game to do it. Uh, and there you go. We, uh, we talked for a good little while. His name is Garrett Hall. He's a comedian in Las Vegas. He uh, runs a couple different shows. Uh, I, the very first open mic I ever did in Las Vegas was his show at Noreen's, a uh, sort of a, uh, a seedy little joint, uh, nowhere near the Strip or downtown or anything like that. It's just out on some highway, uh, and uh, it was a great place. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and then uh, the next year when I came back, I rang him up, and he paid me to do one of the feature spots at Noreen's. And so... Uh, this dude is uh, an amazing guy. Uh, booked me for the fir my first ever gig in Vegas. How cool is that? Um, so, uh, so yeah, he's also in the Air Force. Uh, so an Air Force guy doing a similar job to what my stepson Chester does. My stepson Chester works on airplanes. Garrett Hall works on helicopters. Uh, and... These are uh, these are fun dudes, man. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. I think I think I say that every time, but I really mean it. I really have fun talking to these people that are to for me to call you on on one of these. Uh, <clears throat> ooh, that was a good one for me to call you for my show. It, it, it you really what it, the way it's worked out is you kind of you kind of have to be somebody that I haven't spoken to or caught up with in a long time for whatever reason, and I haven't. I've barely, I barely know this guy, really. As far as, like, we've never had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. Like, we've seen each other. We've He's booked me. We've said, hey, we've chatted over a cigarette outside of the bar, that kind of stuff. And that's it. Uh, and uh, for him to remember who I was, to book me on a show, and to agree to do this podcast uh, just makes my... Uh, makes my heart warm, and uh, I really did have a good time talking to him, so I hope you enjoy listening to that. Before we get into that, I've got three things of my own for you, uh, so let's dive right in. Thing number one. 25 years. I am currently four days into my 26th year of employment at Crutchfield Corporation. Uh, June 3rd, last week was uh, June 3rd was my anniversary date. And so I have completed 25 years of work. Uh, it's, uh, it's the longest I've done anything. It's the it's, uh, I've been at that job longer than I've been a parent uh, of at least of my daughter. I mean, I guess I was a parent of Chester, my stepson before that. So maybe uh, Chester uh, a little bit longer, but uh, longer than I was married. Uh, longer than I've really done, longer than I was in school. I've, it's the majority of my life has been spent working for Crutchfield and, uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, my job has never been better. 
Uh, it's never been more rewarding, more fun, more lucrative, uh, and more challenging all at the same time. And find me another job where you can do it for 25 years. And that's, that's still true, uh, in your 26th year. So, uh, I love what I do. I love who I work with and the company I work for and not going anywhere. So it, uh, this could be the start of the second half of my Crutchfield career. That could very well be the case. So thank you, Bill Crutchfield. Thing number two, cake. I love cake. I love Cake's album, Fashion Nugget. Cake is a band, by the way, not a uh, confectionery delight. I don't even know if that's the right term, but I love Cake, uh, the band Cake. Now, I've heard a lot of Cake songs that are on other albums besides Fashion Nugget, and they're all great. But the album Fashion Nugget by the band Cake is one of my top five albums. I know all the words to all the songs, they are fun, they're lighthearted, sometimes they're dark, sometimes uh, they do a cover song uh, of a uh, 70s uh, disco hit, sometimes they're dirty, sometimes they're vulgar, and sometimes they're talking about Frank Sinatra, and other times they're talking about racing cars, and other, talking, other times they're talking about uh, Italian leather sofas and stick shift and safety belts. Those are just some, some of the songs. Uh, I, just, I just sort of... Uh, when I listen to music in the car, I want something I can sing along with. And uh, this is an album I can sing along with any song on it and and feel like I'm doing it justice. Uh, I don't feel like I'm uh, my voice is not my voice is strong enough to sing along with cake and feel good about it. Uh, and it's just a whole lot of fun. So I highly recommend this band and this album specifically. Uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. Their version of I Will Survive is uh, mm, yeah, there you go, is uh, my favorite version of that song. In fact, I have to say I probably heard their version first before I heard the Gloria Gaynor original, I Will Survive, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought of it as a Cake song until I realized it was actually a song from the 70s. Anyway, Cake, Fashion Nugget, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite albums, check it out. Thing number three. The movie Airplane. I have recently, just today in fact, come across a person who has never seen the movie Airplane. And this is an adult male. Uh, so this person's 75 years old. I don't know if that's a reason to have not seen Noreen's. Uh, sorry. I don't know if that's a reason to have not seen Airplane or a good excuse or uh, shameful. One of the three. I don't know. But uh, my girlfriend's dad, Rick Osborne, has not seen the movie Airplane. And I should have known because uh, when I met Kiki, she hadn't seen the movie Airplane either. And I rectified that situation. I made sure my kids saw the movie Airplane fairly early on, uh, as early as I could make that happen uh, with my ex-wife. She wasn't into it. Uh, but uh, as soon as someone tells me they haven't seen the movie Airplane, uh, if I have any respect at all for that person, I basically force them to sit and watch the movie Airplane with me. And then I proceed to laugh at all the jokes before they even happen. Uh, and every time I see the movie Airplane, I pick up on a new joke that I hadn't really got before. And that was even the case today. I've seen the movie 20 or 30 times. And, well, uh, there was a whole new joke in there for me that I just, it just went over my head every single previous time I've seen this movie. Uh, the scene is in the cockpit. 
Leslie Nielsen, the doctor, and one of the stewardesses is trying to convince Ted Stryker to uh, to fly the plane despite his uh, his hesitancy uh, because he had a bad experience flying fighter jets in the war. Uh, And he says, I flew single engine fighters in the Air Force, but this plane has four engines. It's entirely different kind of flying altogether. And the doctor and the stewardess say back to him altogether. It's an entirely different kind of flying. I always thought it was funny that they repeated him. They said it, what he said, the way he said it. But I never figured out why they did it until today. Because he said all together and they repeated it back all together. Like that's the joke. God, the subtleties of that joke and the just ridiculousness of that joke all at the same time are it's just genius. Uh, and it, the fact that it took me this many years to catch it uh, is embarrassing, frankly. I first saw this movie when it came out in theaters. If I remember correctly, my parents had my Aunt Candy babysit me so they could go to a movie to see the movie Airplane. And my Aunt Candy took me out with her friends to see the movie Airplane. I would have been six years old. And uh, I uh, I remember the movie Airplane like it was yesterday, seeing it when I was six, and uh, I could watch it again any day, any time. It is... Uh, it is um, it's, a, it's an amazing movie, but uh, it's an entirely different type of flying altogether. It's an entirely different type of flying. All right, that's it for my three things. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back uh, with my friend, Vegas comedian, Air Force helicopter repair guy, staff sergeant in the Air Force, Garrett Hall. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There's no time for play. Get up, get up, get up, it's a brand new day. Garrett. Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? I, I'm, I'm great. Do you even remember me at all? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Yeah, you came through. Uh, you came through New Orleans, did a little feature set for me one time. That's right, uh, I'm, dude. I'm so psyched you even remember me. Uh, so I'm calling you, and I'm recording this. And if you're up for it, if you have 10, 20 minutes to talk, I would love to put you on my podcast. Sure. Yeah, you're free. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet, uh, dude. So uh, the reason I thought of calling you is uh, because uh, I don't know when I'm going to get back to Vegas. Uh, I usually come there for CES, uh, but you're the first person I think of when I, whenever that's going to happen again, I'm going to reach out to you because you were the first person to book me to pay me to do comedy in Vegas. And uh, so yep. I owe you big, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Charlottesville, Virginia. I was uh, I was 
and before I called you, while I was waiting for you to call me back, I was wondering if you have your own podcast. And I found the episode that you did on Ty Rivera's podcast. Yeah, I did one on Ty Rivera's podcast. I've been on uh, Nobody Likes Onions with Patrick Melton. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I've been I've been on a few. Uh, but yeah, the Ty Rivera one is the more uh, the more uh, me centric one. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. It seems like you two are good friends. Yeah. 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 I uh, I got to see him do a feature set at least at, at, at least two different shows I was at uh, in the couple different times I've done comedy out there in Vegas. That dude's the real deal, man. Yeah, yeah, he's good stuff. Uh, so one of the things I was thinking I wanted to know about you is uh, you're you're the second person that I know that is in the Air Force and does comedy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other person I know, his name is Chris Allen. He's a local here in Charlottesville. He actually lived in Vegas, was in the Air Force out there for a while, uh, but just recently retired a couple years ago. And uh, boy, he's living a very different life now that he's retired from the Air Force and doing comedy. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm very sure. How does being in the Air Force and trying to do comedy, how does that work together for you? Are there things you can't do that you want to do uh things that you are waiting to do when you're no longer in the air force like what's that all about so the main thing um i would say the main positive from it there's a massive positive from it being that in the military you get 30 days of paid leave every single year yeah and that keeps rolling over until you hit 45 i believe it is and then you know it'll they'll cut it off after 45 but um, I have 30 days of paid vacation every single year. So I can like, if I'm on a, if I'm on the road or something, if I want to go say, do what you did, uh, you know, come out to Vegas or mm -hmm. if I, like, if I want to go say, uh, let's just throw out a city. Let's if I want to go to Denver or something for yep. four days, hit all their open mics out there, I can do that. And then a few months later, if I want to go to Salt Lake city, hit all their open mics, I can do that. Um, I'm never on a work schedule to where, uh, I can't take the time off because I don't have the time off. Uh, I'll always have the time off. So that's the major positive. Um, the big drawback is I could never just relocate. And uh, also yeah. they could relocate me somewhere. You know, say they called me. They, I could say I get an email tomorrow saying, uh, you know, we're sending you to Clovis, New Mexico. Uh -huh. I'd have to go. And uh, my comedy career would effectively be over until I get out of there. <laughs> Wait, there's not a huge scene in Clovis, New Mexico? No, surprisingly enough, there's not a, there's <laughs> not a big open mic scene in the roaring metropolis of Clovis, New Mexico. Uh, I've heard of a lot of towns. Uh, that's not one I've even heard of, so I yeah, can't imagine. <laughs> base there. So that's the one that everyone's like, oh, please, God, no. That, that's the Air Force version of sending you to Alaska? Yeah, essentially. But the problem is, like, Alaska, if, like, if you're in the Army or the Air Force, Alaska, they have a base in Anchorage. So I would be able to do more comedy in Alaska than I would yeah. at that place. Yeah, that's a, that's a real city. They probably actually yeah. do have a comedy scene. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of at their mercy when it comes to that. But, um, like I said, the 30 days of paid vacation every year is uh, it's invaluable. I can't... Uh, that's helped my comedy career so much because, yeah. you know, there have been people who I've gone on the road with simply because the per first person they had, you know, featuring for them 
couldn't take the time off work. Right. So I've got, and, uh, but yeah, the only other thing, the only negative, like I said, is the, uh, uncertainty of where I'm going to be. And, uh, I can't, like I said, I can't just relocate, like say, you know, I wanted to go audition for something and then I got a part in LA. I wouldn't be able to go out there and do it. Yeah. You can't just put in your two week notice, right? It's not quite that simple. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, are you a lifer? Are you planning on being in the air force uh, until you retire? As of right now, you know, um, simply because I'm, I joined when I was 19. So if I do 20 years in the air force, uh, that's, I retire at 39. Yeah, man. It's hard to say no to that. You know, (laughs) dude, that is so smart. You're, you're going to have like the whole second half of your life starting at 39 and, and it's kind of paid for. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I can, I can take a, you know, I can take a year off and just tour if I wanted to, and I would have the money to do that. Or if I wanted to just, uh, you know, take six months and drive to every open mic in the country, I could Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, but you know, I, I, I'll start a second career after that, obviously, but it is, it is really nice to have that, have that backup plan, that safety net. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything you like can't talk about on stage because of your career or does it really affect that at all? Not really, man. I'm a, I'm a mechanic, so it's not, (laughs) they're not really giving me any of the nuclear launch codes or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just out there working on the helicopters. Helicopters. Uh, No kidding. Yeah. 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 I'm a helicopter mechanic. That's so. awesome. My uh, my stepson is stationed in Okinawa. He's a uh, a staff sergeant on. Uh, he's been working on F-15s for years now, but I guess he supervises the people working on F-15s. Yeah, well, I say I'm I'm a mechanic. I, I don't work like that anymore. I'm a supervisor as well. I'm a staff yeah. sergeant. Uh, but you know, um, good for him. Okinawa is a nice spot. But, yeah, he loves uh, it. Him, him, his wife, his two kids. They've got a house off base. He rides a motorcycle around. He's uh, he's loving life out there. The weather seems really yeah. nice. Yeah, it's like a tropical island off the coast of Japan. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Uh, that's where I wanted to go after it because I before Vegas I was stationed in England. So where I in England? Lackenheath. Uh, yeah, at Mildenhall. Okay. Yeah, my Chester, my stepson was at Lackenheath for four years. Lacken, yeah. I think I've got that right. Uh, Lake, yeah. Lake and Heath, yeah. And yeah, he went from there to Okinawa. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. That's what a lot of people try and do and try and stay overseas. But uh, I got Vegas, which, you know, can't complain too much about. So, so uh, what has, I, mean, I follow a lot of you guys uh, on Facebook. And so obviously the pandemic hit pretty hard out there. Uh, and yeah. I would imagine there wasn't much of a scene for a while. Is It, it seems like it's kind of coming back now, though. Is that true? Yeah, Vegas is 100% open. Uh, the scene, you know, there's a few bar shows that we were doing that uh, decided they didn't want to show again once we, once the pandemic ended. So um, I get that. You know, it was a time to really look at all your all your stuff as far as being a business owner. So I get not wanting comedy back, but um, there are new shows popping up. So that's always good. We got new shows in new places. Um, A whole like I think a new comedy club is going to open up out here in downtown Vegas. Um, Oh, yeah. So no one really knows anything about it. (laughs) 
I just know that Polly Shore moved out here and they painted his face on the side of the comedy club. So we'll see what that's all about. Oh, wow. Well, he's got ties to one of the biggest comedy clubs ever. So he knows a thing or two about how that's supposed to work. Yeah, I figured he would know a thing or two. I'm, I'm just hoping, you know, with it being Vegas and all that they that they uh, work with the local scene, too. But you never know. And uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of new stuff popping up just since uh, since everything opened back up. So it's been. It's been cool. It's so, been cool to see it bounce back. So Noreen's is back up and running? Noreen's is back up and running strong, man. Uh, that, Sunday Funday back. Yeah, man. That was the, the first show I did out there, and uh, I, I loved that place. It was a great uh, – it was a good stage. There was always a bunch of people in there, even if most of them were comics because you guys uh, – I had never seen anything like that before. I've done a bunch of open mics here in Virginia. Um, yeah. But they're all re- fairly tightly run, right? Like – 15 to 20 comics somewhere like that that's kind of the max and if we get too many you're gonna get three minutes at tops right and then i get to noreen's and i i think the list was a mile long of like 50 comics and then there was features along the way and people were taking uh, turns hosting i just never seen anything like that and i I got there at like seven and i'm like oh okay i'm not going on till like 1 (laughs) a.m yeah i I had no idea what kind of a night i was in for yeah, it's uh, well. That's the thing, you know. We've we've modified that a little bit now, but at first we were like, "Well, the bar doesn't close, so why should we close the list?" And the thing that made Noreen's, the thing that made Sunday Funday pop off was we told everyone like, "Hey, this is a place for you to come do your set and then just hang out. Like, yeah. come hang out, develop relationships. Net, I hate the word, but network with your fellow comedians. You know, y'all, because." I guarantee there have been more good ideas between comics in the back of a bar than any boardroom that where comics have met in. You know what I mean? I mean, the hang is half of the reason to do comedy. Exactly. And so we wanted to create, to foster a place that uh, would have a good hang and uh, that, you know, anyone from it's your first time starting out doing open mics to you just got off stage at a club headlining, you can come through, yeah. do a five minute set and, uh, you know, work, work on some stuff. And we really have run the gamut of who all's come through there. We've had people with full on specials come by and we've had people who, like I said, have done their first spot ever. Who's the biggest name that you can remember coming through there? Oh, um, got any like Hannibal Burris. Oh, Hannibal Burris. That's big. Uh, any like Mark Norman, yeah. Joe list, any of those guys? No, none of those guys. Uh, Shane Smith. I don't know if you know Shane Smith. He had a really successful dry bar special. Um, got covered in tattoos. Okay. But yeah, he he was a big one. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that we might have had. I'd have to go back through. But uh, yeah, last night um, for Sunday Funny, we had a uh, big Irish Jay Hollingsworth. And he he came out to uh, do the feature spot and did the feature spot and then messaged me afterwards and said hey i'm just i was coming out here to do this and work on my opener and closer for my album that i'm recording next week so so did uh, he like go up again no 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 no. he (laughs) just did it in his in his his, uh 15 minute spot okay gotcha but yeah i mean it's uh we've had we've had some great shows out there and uh we've kind of cut it down to where we only do 30 minute 30 comics now okay so it's not a it's not a marathon like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I I it was uh, the the 
the flip side of that was the production was so good. Like you and Ian, uh, with him playing music and keeping that mic on the side, that was something I hadn't really seen too many, like on an open mic to get that kind of treatment where there's a, a fun vibe with music in between the comics. Normally around here, the open mic is we just piggyback and announce each other and there's not much as far as theme music or anything like that. But you guys, right, you right. guys really made that fun. Yeah, and that's that was the whole point, man. Was just to just to make it fun, make it professional, make people want to come back, and make people want to just think, see, it, see it as a uh, a good spot to hang out and uh, you know just keep the good vibe for comedy going. Yeah. So the first night I was there before the before you uh, before the, the first year I was out there when I was just doing I just did an open mic spot. I met this guy named I think his name was Furbo, and he was a. Uh, he was a weird sort of dude. He had a rainbow hat. He made no bones about being gay and talking about that. Uh, but he was also like recently relocated to Vegas after some sort of divorce. He had almost no money. Uh, and uh, he, he was handing out cards and stuff. He was just a super weird guy. And I don't expect you to remember him, but it made me think, do you see a lot of that kind of stuff in Vegas? People show up. It's uh, they put on a show like they're gonna they're gonna be there for the long haul, and then they disappear, and you don't see them. Oh yeah, man! I and I even know the exact guy you're talking about. His name is Kerbo. Kerbo, that's it. I had the name wrong. Kerbo, yeah. that's it. Yeah, his name was Kirby, and he went by Kerbo. Um, but yeah, I remember him, and uh, he 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 did exactly what you said. He just come in there and. Uh, tell everyone how gay he was and yeah. you know really make any jokes about it but he just would talk about it no he said he, yeah. he said he was going to though like he'd get up here boy i'm gay and i'm about to say some crazy shit and then he'd be just like nothing crazy came out of his mouth at all <laughs> like it was weird exactly yeah exactly but uh yeah there there's been uh there's been quite a few characters on the vegas scene because i mean it's it's las vegas you've been here i mean you've been out to fremont you've been to the strip there's mm -hmm. just characters everywhere something about this city attracts you know vagabonds and strange people but um you know we've got guys out here there's a there's a guy who uh if anyone has been to vegas open mics named king tamer and john king tamer he'll get up there and he's been doing open mics for about 15 years and has never told a joke with a punchline <laughs> what is he, he just, up there? just just starts rambling on Yes, gets up there, talks about the weather, talks about who's leading the American lead in, bat in batting average, talks about uh, if every one of his famous uh, lines is if every there's enough space, there's enough land mass on this planet for every man, woman, and child to have their own acre of land. That's it. That's that's the joke. I don't even want to call it oh. a joke. That's just what he says. He's just he, delivering factoids. Yeah, he gets up there and gives you little uh, little tidbits. And you guys let him keep getting up. Does he is he just endearing and nice, or like what's uh what's going on? Very nice guy. Truthfully, I think uh, that's the only human interaction he gets. Ah. You know, <laughs> for the entire week is going to open mics. So it's outreach. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's other guys who uh, you know are you know they'll show up and be like, I'm going to do all this on the scene. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to take over and do all i mean you've probably met the comics who like just show up and they started comedy probably six months ago and they're just full of hubris and think they're going to take over the world yeah uh you know a year later they're 
still bagging groceries at Smith's and not even doing open mics anymore, but they're yeah. telling every girl they date that they're a stand-up comedian, you know? Because <laughs> they've done it a few times. Yep, yep. So there's a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, like you said, just, just oddballs. Yeah. Oddballs who come want to sign up. Um, Vegas has no shortage of that. I would say probably New York and L.A. are the only places, maybe maybe the Bay Area, but those are the only places who probably beat Vegas when it comes to comes the weirdos that come out right hey so vegas is basically a, like you said 100 percent open like like is uh all the is there social distancing is it just completely back to kind of normal completely back to normal as of last week so yeah. as of june 1st, uh mass mandate is over everything's back to 100 percent capacity um yeah we're all back man so do you think I'll be able to come back out there for CES? Are they going to have a CES this year? Like I, I, I so I missed told, it last year. Yeah. I was told it got moved to October this year. Really? Yeah. I was told it got moved later in the year, but I was also told that they're exploring, um, just an online option. Well, they, they did an online CES back in January when normal, when normal CES would have been, but right, n- right. nobody gave two shits about it uh, because it was just all online. Uh, well, if you're not if you're not there to see see the stuff, it's not going to be as impressive. You know? Exactly. I mean, my job when I go there is we we film videos about the new products that are made by the companies that we sell their products. So there was nothing. There was none of that to see. So right, right, right. We had no reason to go at all. So yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I hope to get back out there for sure. Uh, one, because it's uh, it's a d- just doing my job is fun. Two, everything else that you do there is fun. And three, it, it's one of the coolest comedy scenes uh, that I've been into. I've I've been to Denver. I've done a couple stuff there, New York, uh, D.C. Because uh, I'm right outside of D.C. and Vegas. Right. That's that's kind of it as far as how far I've gone yet. And Vegas is by far and away the one I look forward to coming back to the most. Well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad that is one one thing that I hear from lots of comics who come from outside of Vegas. They'll be like, "Man, I was scared coming in here because, you know, there's a there's a ton of comics and all of us are, you know, a little strange and a little out there." But they're <laughs> like, Yo, "Everyone is everyone who comes through has been like, yeah, it's very very tight knit, friendly scene that yep. a lot of people come back to." So and- I'm glad we've kind of fostered that and created that culture yeah man and it was good seeing repeat people like not just you but uh ian ryan barasa a couple uh, ralph tutella a few other people I, I still friends with them and just keeping up with you guys it feels like i'm still connected in some way so yeah, uh, man yeah anytime you want to come back we'll we'll find you a spot that's for sure all right we're gonna wrap this up but uh i don't know if you've ever listened to my podcast it's called three things with jr uh in in it i uh i just talk about three things and when i call people out of the blue and put them on my podcast with zero warning whatsoever. Uh, I then put them on the spot to give me three things. And here's the three things. Uh, it's, it's easy. Don't worry. No pressure. Okay. You're, you're a comedian. You got this. Uh, <laughs> thing number one is uh, it, just tell me something, uh, something deep, something meaningful, something maybe an epiphany you've had, any kind of deep thought that is uh, rolling around in your brain right now. Okay. Yeah. One that I've been thinking about a lot recently is, uh, you know, with, um, and not to get political or anything, but with all the, with all the stuff that's going on between, uh, people saying, Oh, you gotta be sensitive to certain groups and there's cancel culture and all that other stuff. I don't, 
really see that as much as being as serious as a lot of people do. My view on things is uh, when it comes to that, that something I've been thinking about a lot recently is people who are good people don't have to keep reminding you that they're good people. Oh, people who are good people don't have to keep reminding you they're good people. I dig that, man. Right. Yeah. No, their their actions, their body language, just how they carry themselves does that for them. Right. And, you know, you can you can have uh, disagreements with somebody, you know, over politics or just anything. But at the end of the day, you know, who's a good who's a solid person and who's not. You yeah. can agree with someone. They'll be like, I don't like them as a person, you know. Right. Yeah, and just uh, I, I love the uh, I love the ability to disagree with people and still maintain a friendship. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I I've had to get over a bit of a hump with that kind of um, with my dad because we are so polar opposites in many of our beliefs. Uh, but I literally just had him on my podcast, uh, and uh, my relationship with my dad is probably better than ever right now. So, uh, right. it's pretty great. And yeah, I I you know when it comes to a lot of stuff, I. I, I'm in the military, but I'm also around, uh, you know, I'm around artists and, you know, a lot of different, a lot of different types of people out here in Vegas, especially in the comedy scene. But, you know, those two worlds kind of clash for me when it comes to yeah. my uh, beliefs and the way I feel about things. So it is, it is a lot of like, you know, trying to see where people come from and trying to understand why they feel the way they feel about things. And uh, at the end of the day, if people are good, that's all that matters. Have you run into any side effects of that at your military job? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Like, I, I lean pretty far left when it comes politically. But, um, you know, the military does not. A lot of people in the military don't. Right. So um, if things like that get brought up, we have to, you know, if, I'm, if, if, we're, at, if we're discussing something and uh, someone doesn't see things the way I see them, you, you just have to understand that this is a conglomeration of people that are from all over the country that are have a completely different life experience from me and from anyone else mm -hmm. that that room. So it's just such a different group of people, uh, so many different groups of people, I should say, that are all mashed together. And uh, you just got to know who's actually a good person deep down and who's not and go past the surface of like, all right, why do they feel this way? What do they think? You know. So that whole thing. And and is there room to do that with the people that you work with uh, in the Air Force? Like, is that, have you been able to sort of find some common ground and get, you know, be, you know, have a good relationship with somebody despite big time oh, yeah. different beliefs? Oh. And, yeah. Of course. Like, I, I have uh, I have supervisors and uh, coworkers that are like the polar opposite of me, but we still have each other's back and we're still always going to look out for each other. And, yeah. You know, we'll hang out and things like that and are you guys able to make fun of each other and have a good time with it all too oh of course of yeah. course that that's <laughs> that's huge like that's a huge coping mechanism for being around people you disagree with if you can joke about that that's pretty powerful yeah because like like today we we're talking about uh we we're talking we we're talking about pride month at work mm. and uh somebody showed a showed a meme and the meme was a uh bud light uh fake bud light ad and uh, it said LGBT. It said let's get beers. It said LGBTQ. It said let's get beers together, queers. <laughs> and uh, somebody, one of, one of my one of my bosses was like, 
oh my god, somebody's going to be offended about that. And I'm like, you know what? That's like conservatives' favorite thing to do is just make up a guy to be mad at that doesn't exist a lot of times. Right, right. <laughs> and, yeah, we all start laughing about that, and uh, you know, it's just it's just having a good time with one another and just ribbing each other a little bit. Man, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear all that. No, that's great, dude. Uh, thing number one, nailed it. Uh, thing number two, tell me about something that's inspiring you right now. It could be a song, a band, an artist, a book, uh, a movie, a TV show, anything like that that sort of got you uh, wanting more. Oh, uh, something that's inspiring me. Well, something that inspired me recently, um, I read, uh, I reread, I should say, uh, Be Here Now by Ram Dass. And... Uh, it's his book. About, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's his I'm book not. about. Yeah, he's a he was a uh, uh, kind of one of the guys who did the uh, Harvard LSD trials. Oh, yeah. So he did that, and uh, then he just like picked up everything and went to India on a spiritual quest, and uh, had his life changed. And uh, he was a guy that just a professor at Harvard named Richard Alpert. And he just came back and he's like, Nope, I'm Ram Dass. Now I'm going to like dedicate my entire life to enlightenment and love and giving all these talks. And, um, uh, yeah, just the simplicity of some of the stuff he says in his book and even the book title, just be here now, you know? Oh, I, I thought, that's, that's kind of, no, that, that, that title speaks to me. I mean, that's kind of how I live my life. Uh, and, I've heard of Ram Dass. I've heard the name, but I literally had no idea wh who that was, what that meant. And thanks to you, now I do, and I'm kind of interested. I might have to look into that. Yeah, it's it's a great book. Uh, it's a lot. It's just like I said. It's just his story about how he uh, went from this Harvard professor to uh, you know a spiritual yogi, essentially. Yeah. All right. Thing number three. Uh, just tell me something stupid. Something stupid. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let me think here. Surprisingly enough, this is always the hardest one for people. Yeah, because it just really depends. Um, <laughs> uh, it can be a bit, a bit you're working on, a bit that's working for you. Uh, that uh, if you're a comedian, you got a leg up on just normal people that I asked to do that, right? Because you you maybe have bits ready to go, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, something, here's something stupid. You ready? I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the UFC and, okay. uh, next week is, uh, there's going to be two, two title fights on the UFC card. It's going to be the middleweight title fight. And it's always going to also going to be the men's flyweight title fight. So the men's flyweight is 125 pounds, right? Sh little shrimpy guys. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you didn't know this person was a UFC fighter and you saw them in a bar and they started talking shit to you. Could you imagine being around your friends and getting the absolute shit kicked out of you by a 125 pound man? <laughs> by this skinny little dude. Is he skinny? Yeah. Oh, tiny. Yeah. 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 I couldn't, could you ever, could you ever come back from that? No, no. You'd have to find all new friends. I, exactly. You'd have to move to a new city. A probably. new city, a new bar. Uh, you'd have to close your Facebook account, your Instagram, <laughs> everything. You'd have to start fresh. Like it'd be like going into witness protection. Yeah, these guys are five foot two, one hundred and twenty five pounds, and I know for sure they whoop my ass because they've been training their whole lives. Yeah, but you can't explain that to your friend group. You know, <laughs> you no. can never explain it to them. No, but seriously, guys, he was he was really talented. 
He's a world champion <laughs> MMA fighter. So I don't. He's still five to one hundred twenty-five pounds. I know I look strong, but I'm. This guy had me. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, dude, that's perfect. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, just blindly taking the time out of your day to talk to me, to be on my podcast. Uh, the fact that you remembered me uh, means a lot. Uh, I really can't wait to see you guys again. I hope we get to do a CES in uh, in January. And if so, uh, you'll be my first call. Dude, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, anytime you're coming through, let me know. We'll find you a spot, even if it's not at Noreen's. Uh, we will find you a spot out here, bud. Dive bar, Noreen's. Uh, what's that? There's a couple pizza places. Uh, Ryan Barassa had a show at one. I mean, I, I, oh yeah, Sand Dollar. That Sand was Dollar. On. Yes, that was that was a fun place. Yeah. Uh, we'll get you in touch with everybody who you need to get in touch with out here. Awesome, man. Anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at G Hall Comedy. Uh, TikTok, same thing. I post a couple videos. I. My take dog is mostly just stand up clips and working out. Um, yeah, it's follow Sunday Funday Comedy on Facebook if you have that. And that's about it. Awesome, man. Uh, I'll put this out on Facebook. Uh, I'll put it out this episode. I'm going to edit this thing and drop it tonight. Uh, and I'll tag you in the Facebook post. If you don't mind, share it out, man. I'm trying to grow this podcast. So I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Dude, thanks again, man. Have a wonderful night. Uh, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you in January. Yes, sir. You too. Have a good one. See you, Garrett. Bye. Right on. That was my interview with Garrett Hall uh, at uh, G Hall Comedy on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Check him out. Uh, seriously funny dude uh, and and uh, just a super nice guy. I called him out of the blue. I've not spoken with Garrett since being in Vegas in January of 20. 20 so right before the pandemic hit uh and uh, he booked me on the show there and it was amazing uh and uh uh and he remembers me and i remember him and we were friends on facebook and uh i just i just uh figured i'd try him and he didn't answer uh he actually his phone it sounded like he did answer uh but maybe he was driving or something and then he hung up I was like, ah, shit, I guess I'm not going to talk to him tonight. Then he texted me right back that he was walking his dog. He'd call me back in 10 or 15 minutes. And sure enough, he did. Uh, unbeknownst to him, when he called me back, uh, he was that he was going to be on this show that was a podcast. Uh, and uh, he just rolled with it. And man, I uh, just had a good time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Uh, we'll be back next week with who knows who. I have no idea. You'll find out right after I find out. Uh, this is Three Things with JR over and out. See you next week. Love you. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day.